0: Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on our first episode of the Marketing Matters show. I am Francisco Lacayo, CRO at Wyshark Media. I am joined by our co-host, Daniel Alvarado, CEO of Wyshark Media and AdClicks. We are very excited to get this started. This is our first episode. Um, it's a project that we've been working on for a while, and we're very happy to share with you and actually get it launched. Um, the idea with the show is that we share the stage with other fellow digital marketers, people from the industry, leaders, agency owners or uh, and advertisers themselves. And what we want to discuss today and throughout the episodes is basically the challenges that we face within the industry. We're going to be talking clients. We're going to be talking teams, culture, tools, and everything that goes around on a day-to-day basis uh, in this digital marketing world and this digital marketing life. And hopefully, we're going to be sharing some some delightful questions with you and giving you some added value when you watch the episode. So excited to be here. Um, our first guest for this particular episode, I'm excited to introduce Jesse McKay from Solid Digital. Jesse has a passion for helping brands reach their full potential. He is the founder of Solid Interactive. They started in 2006 and they've helped hundreds of companies turn their ideas into a reality. They guide, he guides the Solid Digital team uh, together with his co-owner and they consistently create top tier product services and experiences. Jesse, thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me. And just to clarify, it is... It's solid digital. We started as Solid Interactive, which was kind of like our initial, more, I think, more, a little more technically focused agency. But now we are uh, solid
0: digital as a brand. They both but, take, uh, thanks for having I think, I, I think they're both good. So <laughs> they both work. No, thank, they, thank no, you. For they're doing all that. solid. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm, I'm humbled and honored to uh, be on the, the flagship episode here, uh, your podcast. So thank you.
0: Yeah.
2: No, no pressure we'll at ahead. all. Right. right uh, first yeah. pass. Yeah. Like set, <laughs> set the standard. Yeah, we'll go up, yeah. Let's set it high. Let's set it it's high. all casual. Right. Yes. So Jesse, you know, uh, Frank obviously gave an intro there, um, on, on your behalf, but I'm sure our audience would love to hear from you, um, in terms of, you know, just who you are, where you came from, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your company.
1: Yeah. Happy to. Yeah. I mean, my, my background, um, you know, I, I fell in love with computers at the age of eight, which was quite a while ago. Um, But I was lucky enough that my, my father had um, kind of an electronic background. So he fixed like TVs and stuff. And so, you know, we actually had computers in my house earlier than most people did. And so I just, you know, I, I remember like the first, the first thing I ever, like, did on a computer was like, I had them a mad magazine, probably guys don't know what that is, but like on the back of it, like it had this, like, you know, code that you could write into the computer and then it drew out this little thing on the screen. And like, that was like, what set me off, you know? And so I, so I, you know, I've always been passionate about programming and leveraging computers and, um, you know, graduated from school. Wasn't really sure where I wanted to be. And so, you know I moved out to Los Angeles worked with you know a variety of different organizations but it really wasn't until I worked at an agency that I really felt like I found my place and um you know eventually that turned into kind of like starting our own organization and um and so yeah so you know solid digital we're we're primarily focused on web web design um high end brand web design um and then but then we do you know, it's my my belief is you can't just design a website and walk away from it. Like for a website to actually be valuable to a brand, you have to find ways to leverage digital channels and and efforts. And so, so we kind of like will you know, hopefully, at the end, end of a, an initial engagement with a with a, a client, uh, roll into more of a consultative relationship with them where we're, we're really helping guide them in, you know, different marketing aspects, you know, both from like organic paid, but even like on the operation side and helping them grow their team. You know, like my, you know, not to get into it too much, but really, you know, like we rely on marketing teams to grow and like, they rely on us to help them grow. So it, you know, I think it's a good, it's a good mutual way of, of engaging. And for us, like it really, it it does boil down to more than just like, how much are you spending
2: on your, on your ads? Awesome. That's super cool. And you studied engineering, you said?
1: I did. I did. Um, so yeah, so always been a programmer. I still program a lot. Um, You
2: know, not necessarily for clients, but mostly just like for my own little pet projects. More importantly now, I think you and I are like really well positioned because like early 2010s, like the tech wasn't really there for marketing. But now it's such a key part of marketing today, you know, with everything, first party data, the way that you feed information into the algorithms for bidding, uh, just machine learning, AI, everything else in terms of the automation. Um, and, and there's so many different like branches of, of how technology can support marketing. So now more than ever, I think also a lot of marketers have to kind of become more technical on themselves to kind of invest a little bit on their development to do that. Absolutely.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, like, I think when we're evaluating technology, we want to know how well it is, you know, can be interconnected with other platforms and it's really in really key and important in terms of our, our betting and helping our clients bet the right solutions. Right. Cause like, I think like if, if it doesn't have an API
2: now, like what's the point? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And when we get that question a lot, so, but I, I'm going to sidetrack so much here, Frank. So I need you to kind of like keep us contact track <laughs> here.
0: No, I actually, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually enjoying this interaction because I'm going to, I'm going to be in the middle here with, with my next question, um, and I'm glad to be talking to two engineers. I'm an economist, so I'm a numbers guy, but I also work with engineers and I work with very creative people as well on the marketing side. But since we're talking about technology and we're also, you know, discussing how we approach marketing itself. Um, this is a good question for both of you. Where do you draw the line in regards to how you leverage technology in an industry where creativity is so important and the human component is so important because that's, and I think that that was to your point, Jesse, you know, some people are skeptical about being too squared in the digital marketing world, too technical, because sometimes we tend to remove the human component and, you know, storytelling and how you position your brand and creative is so important that people are, you know, are, they have certain reservations in regards to how you leverage tech. And and we always hear from clients and partners as well, you know, how much do you automate? How much do you do, you know, through someone, you know, how much does your experience matter when you're putting something into a tool and algorithm? Where do you guys say we should, you know, where, where would you draw the line or how do we go about finding the right balance between automation and, you know, the human component and someone, you know, putting in their input and, and their analysis and everything into the campaign? I think
1: we can we can start to rely too much on technology to the point of like I think even now like even though it's kind of like ChatGPT's only been around for a few months right but like I was proud that I I wrote my own email you know for my for our most recent campaign without AI it's like it's like we're getting to the point now where you can almost brag that you didn't use AI to to generate your content you know <laughs> I've seen that, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah so so I think I, I think there, there is a balance and I think we should be careful about like how dry and technical we are with the way that we approach things. I mean, I think you know, there's, there's obviously a spectrum of like brands, but in we're, and we're primarily focused on B2B brands where I think it allows us to be a little bit more technical and be a little bit drier, but like, obviously like, you know, if I was helping You know nike or apple or a brand like that like i think i'd have a different approach to like what work are we going to do and how you know creative are we going to be with that
2: so let me ask you let me ask you a a follow-up question to that so within like your design process do you currently use any ai tools like for example uh you have dolly that i i know can be used to for example generate some like background images that you know sometimes you can kind of get away with that I know that Adobe just also announced that they're going to be, uh, I think it's called Firefly. I can't quite remember uh, exactly what it was going to be. Um, and, and there's other ways to, to do that. I know that ChatGPT at some point touted that they were going to be able to like turn a drawing into an actual mock-up. Like, how much of that, let's say, are you using today within your workflow? And if if it's not so integrated, is that has that been a conscious decision on your leadership um or is that something that you're saying it's not necessarily a conscious decision it's more so maybe the tools aren't there yet for us to maybe take advantage of them for that reason
1: yeah i have not put all my trust in ai to be able to kind of like take take the lead on you know the deliverables and offerings that we're doing um so i think that because you know my background my business partner's background like we're we embrace it for sure like as soon as like you know it was open for us to use like we were using and bragging about the ways that we we leverage it i mean like as a as a code writer i i, I love it i my, my code has never looked so good but i but i will say like i don't tend to like do the thing of like you know write me a function to do this it's more like i'll write a function process it through ai to improve it and then and then bring it back to to my code but on the creative side like we're, we like again we're encouraging our team to to use AI as much as possible but I'm also being careful of like you know don't think that you can you know get rid of your copywriters because you know chat GPT exists now like it, it it can help you and it can improve things but you have to be careful about like leaning on it too
0: much how about you, Frank? Like, where where do you draw the line there? Um, I'm I'm still a bit skeptical because uh, what I've quickly learned is that AI is still very reliant on human input. So if you if you don't understand the prompting world and you don't understand how to tell the machine what to do, you're not really going to get what you're looking for for most cases. So it's it's something that it's going to take time to get to the point where we want it to be. Um, one thing that I'm very careful of is is navigating the conversation as well, because AI, you know, there is this one particular topic and now that we're talking about teams and, you know, encouraging them to use AI is, you know, is, is AI going to replace a good chunk of what we do? And if it does, then where does that push us? And especially right now where things, you know, and, and I would say the countries we're going through uncertain times, the economic situation is not necessarily the best one. And we have a lot of noise Regards to a lot of things. AI to me is just another new element that's coming into the conversation. And when you put this into a conversation where people are not necessarily feeling extremely safe about their job, about their future, about what's going to happen, it's something that you have to navigate very carefully. And, um, you know, it's, it's it, I'm, I'm a big fan of AI and I've tried, you know, I've tried Image AI, I've tried BitJourney, I've tried uh, BART, I've tried ChatGPT, I've tried different engines as well to do different things. I've tried AI for sales as well but I still haven't found the right way to connect it to people and also to make sure that it doesn't really disrupt who we are and what we do. Um, And I think that leads me to my next question, Jesse, because I know, you know, I was reading um, on your website, I was reading that interview that you guys do on yourselves and when you talk about you and what you do and what's your passion. And I noticed that team is a big thing. Team is a pretty big component for you guys and culture. Um, And that's kind of to my point, if we're putting AI into the mix and in certain times it might disrupt things a bit. So how do you go about, you know, navigating these particular times with your team? How do you keep them motivated? How you do, how do you go about putting tools into the mix, but them still feeling empowered that their work is valuable and that, you know, things are going to be OK? How do you guys go about that? Because I read not only your profile, but I also read, you know, some of your team members. And I noticed that culture is a, is a huge thing for you guys, which is great. You know, we we also think that culture is probably the core component of whatever outcome you want from a marketing agency. But How do you guys go about that, especially now? Um, in terms of motivating the team, keeping the culture alive and making sure that things are are running smoothly?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we're all talking about AI now and we stopped talking about the pandemic, but I think the pandemic was a big kind of like hurdle for us in terms of culture because we, you know, we had two offices. We were going into the office pretty much every day. We were seeing each other face-to-face and then, you know, we're then put into this position of, you know, we, we have to maintain, we, we have to maintain like what we had with this, you know, that, you know, but now like it's, you know, it's zoom, it's not, you know, being in the office together anymore. And so I, I think that that really made us like almost immediately start talking it from a leadership level of like, okay, what things can we do to counter this challenge that we're going to, that we're going to foresee, you know? And then in 2020, we actually made the choice of like, well, you know, we did, we did, I think, I think we did a pretty good job navigating that and helping people through that experience. And, you know, came out kind of like at the end of 2020, feeling like, all right, we kind of proved to ourselves that we can do this. And then we decided to go completely virtual. I think it's still a challenge. I think it's still something that we have to constantly kind of be focused on as a team. Like we have, uh, Diana, who's our director of experiences and like her job has been to really like make sure that our culture is, is strong. And, and, you know, we like, we, we say culture is the most important thing when it comes to a relationship with a client. So like, I think it it kind of like sets a standard for us as well of like creating a really strong team culture, because, you know, I think that if our, if our team culture was frag, fractured, You know, to then go work with another team is going to be um, difficult as well.
2: What's one activity? What's one activity that you guys are doing, whether it's, you know, you, Diana, or anybody within, you know, your leadership team? What is one activity that's paying the most dividends when it comes to keeping your culture in check and keeping the team engaged?
1: The one thing that came to my mind that I think has been super valuable, and it's just a small little thing, is that on Slack every morning at nine o'clock Central, Diana puts out a question and it's a, just a fun question. Like, like today it was like a this or that type of question where, um, let me see if I can find it real quick where it's like uh-huh. peanut butter and jelly or cream cheese, tacos or uh-huh. burritos, burger or pizza. It's just like a fun thing. And like yeah. people engage with it because it's kind of like, you know, in the beginning of the day and like, this is just a fun you know, kind of response, and it's interesting to see other people's responses and see who you kind of like align with. But she does, you know, like she does that every day, and we've been doing that for a long time. And it's, and it's just, I think it it adds a lot, and and you get to learn more about the people that you're working with, and um, it's it's cool, and it's also it's a, it's also the place where on like people's days of, you know, it's their anniversary, we like ask. Share, share, you know, an awesome experience that you had with, you know, so-and-so. And so it's a nice, it's a nice way to also have, you know, appreciations and, and kind of
2: get that, those conversations. Absolutely. I think it's so important now with the predominance of like remote work to, to find a way to keep the key, the team engaged, to keep the team in touch with one another, um, I'll give you like an example like with, you know, my girlfriend who uh she was working remotely for I think about 2 full years like completely remote and then I think one of the things that without noticing she lost was like her ability to socialize with other people. So now she was less likely to like want to socialize um because they didn't really have like those ongoing activities at least within the company that she was. So one of the things that we've been trying to do ourselves also is similar to those checkpoints. Like for example, what we'll do is like we'll have monthly huddles or things of that nature where everybody on the team is able to join, whether that's a team huddle uh, or more of an entire organizational huddle, just to make sure that we are able to kind of like get together at one point in time and and have those group chats and kind of just mingle a little bit. Um, So definitely a a key component to, to doing that. I think we have another question that I think it ties nicely in, into this which is also still related to team and you know as a, as a leader within your organization like how are you fostering a culture of continuous learning especially nowadays you know with the need to stay like you know chad gpt3 could do certain things six months ago that now ChatGPT gpt4 completely just blows them out of the water or like Uh, Google I O was announced just recently. And so now Google can potentially at some point kind of like write your copy, or you could just have a conversation of it so that it creates your campaign and things like that. So like, how, how do you keep your team learning continuously and what are some of the things that you're doing?
1: Um, yeah, we, I mean, I think we're, I'll just say the the founder, the founders, me and uh, my partner, Travis, like we we're just always curious about like what's going to happen. So we, I mean, we built it into our values that like you have to be a craftsperson. Like it's, it's important. If you're going to be coming into our organization that you really care about the thing that you are interested in and that you are going to be doing within our organization, whether it's creative, whether it's marketing, whether it's engineering. So, you know, it's like, definitely, I, like, I think there's only so much we can do to push people to want to grow on their own. So I think it's really important that we attract people who want to grow on their own. And then we give them the foundation and foster, you know, the opportunity for them to learn. So, you know, we have a learning budget for everybody every year that they can use on whatever they want. Um, we, we have our own kind of like solid pro learning, uh, platform and portal. So, you know, things that, things that people have learned or they can, you know, go and, and learn about are there. Um, we, we do every, every month that our, um, monthly all hands, we do a, sh- a show and tell. So, you know, b- having people kind of like bring back things that they've learned or, you know, want to talk about, you know, a project and what was really kind of like unique and how they leverage it. And we, Also bring in other guest speakers to come in and talk to us too about, you know, their expertise and, and kind of sharing with it. So we've definitely built an organization where this is key. I mean, I, you know, like you guys know you run an agency, like that's the reason why our clients hire us. Like if I, I feel like if we don't build that kind of like organization, like we're, we're really not doing, uh, you know, we're doing a disservice to, to the clients that are going to be hiring us in the future.
2: Absolutely, and I, I love to hear it because I think you have some some interesting points in there. I like the I love the idea of bringing in like external speakers to like come in and talk within you know your team. I think it's always um, a breath of fresh air to get external perspectives on how to solve challenges that you know the team currently has um, because you can always have like really great superstars within your team existing, but it's always. Again, a, a very much nice to have to get additional perspectives on how to solve certain problems and certain problematics. So um, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and I also feel like we're on the same page in terms of finding people or recruiting people to your team who want to learn, who have that drive uh, to really go in and learn it for themselves. Right? You have to have that curiosity within you um, so that it could drive you forward. Because that's, that's the kind of professional that you need to be in this day and age.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, w- you know, we kind of have four components to our values, but like the heart of it really is like, you got to be your craftsperson, right? Like the, like you have to be passionate about what you do, but like I've worked with people who are passionate about what they do, but they can't work with a team really well. So like, there's like these other aspects that I think kind of add to it that you, you, you know, you have to work well with the team. You have to know that we're providing like. Great service to our clients that has to be there as well, and then you also you got to be honest. Like if it's not working, like you got to say it's not working. So like those are like kind of the four components to, to you know what we've set as our values, and those have been really good, you know, guidance for us when it comes to like who are we bringing on the team. But like really quickly, like I, I I had somebody who shared kind of their approach to bringing. You know team members on that I re- I really liked because I you know I've always said like we got to find culture fits but their approach was like we got to find people that like when we're meeting them we feel like they are bringing something to our culture that's going to move our culture forward and I thought that w- that was a really cool kind of like mindset of like you know as you're talking to somebody like can you see them like being added to the mix and but like improving kind of the overall team aspect so so I yeah you know, and that's the like i i'm very focused on team and i think the other part of it though that you know maybe we come back to but i think you know if people don't fit they don't fit and you gotta like not keep them on the team and i think that's a hard thing for for a lot of agency owners and owners in general to make those decisions when when it's obvious that that's the case i think it's
0: important yeah go ahead frank sorry yeah the way we see it is um we've, we, you know, we've identified the importance of team dynamic and how that translates into clients. Um, we call it shark DNA <laughs> that goes at our brand. Right. And, you know, we ask people to embrace shark DNA, but also when we hire people, that's usually the first question after any interview, right? Like, you know, do they have shark DNA that set a line? Um, and that's such an interesting topic that you brought up, which is, you know, when you have someone that is not necessarily a good fit what we've seen is, you know, we've been in situations where we have someone, they're a top performer. They're really good at what they do. Um, they're even really good with clients, but they don't fit. And it becomes a situation where, you know, where do you draw the line? And how do you prioritize, you know, what you do? Because you have someone that might be really good or, like you said, really passionate. But you know that it's not necessarily contributing in a positive way to culture. And what we've learned is that in the long term, even if they're really good, the negative impact that they might have on culture will eventually end up being something negative for clients as well. Uh, we preach client centricity, you know, we're we're big on that, and and even the way we try to promote growth or creativity with the team is we always say, hey, do you think it's going to be good for the client? Will it be better for the client if we do X, Y, C? And if so, then let's go ahead and do it. You know, we have an operations team, we have our processes, we have a lot of things that are pretty straightforward, so we are we try to be as efficient as possible. But you know, we have a lot of cases of team members that say, hey. Frank, um, this client wants us to do this particular channel, and we don't do it. You know what? What do we do? And you know what? I try to you know embrace is. Do you want to do it? You know, do you want to you want to take a a hit? Do you want to go? Yeah. Do you, do you want to go learn about it? Because I'm okay with us telling the client, hey, we can pilot it for you if you're willing to go learn and then take the ball and run. And what's what's so you know delightful about these the team that we work with is that most of them they actually you know say yes, I'll do it. Now we have people running two or three different products that we've never managed before. They don't even have too much experience on the product, but they're so eager to learn and run, but also to find a way to give the client something back um, that they do it. So for us, that's huge. And, and I think that ties so well with the client because at the end of the day, you know, we're driving a team of people, but we're delivering a service and the client's also a human on the other side. So having that flexibility for us has been key. And, and I think that relates a lot with what you're saying in regards to the team and, and the cultural fit.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, you know, we're our the consulting side of our business is pretty pretty agile. Um like we used to offer up like pretty kind of like concrete, here's what we're gonna be doing, you know, you're you're spending this much in SEO and we're doing that SEO work. But I I really like I like to be the ability to say that's not working, or hey, there's something new here we want to try. And Get, I mean, obviously, like in collaboration with the client, kind of like throwing out some new ideas of of things that we could do, and being able to change. And so we kind of like throughout the that approach, and and now we're much more focused on like what's working, what are some experiments we can do. And I think like when you're building kind of an experiment based marketing strategy, it makes everybody kind of excited, like because is this going to work? And if it does, it's awesome. If it doesn't, it was like, we all know it was kind of an experiment. So we're going to like try something else, but like, it's always a little bit more of a, of a fresh kind of like approach to it. And I think that that is definitely energizing. Um, when, when you, when you do it other than like, you know, I checked off all these boxes of things that I was supposed to do this week or this month from the client.
2: I love that. And, and I think that also ties very nicely into what's going to be our final question for the day. And, That is, what is one valuable lesson that you've learned throughout your career that you would like to pass on to others?
1: Well, I have, I have one saying that everybody knows I say all the time, which is what gets measured gets done. So I think, you know, it, it always kind of does tie back to me of like, if we know what we're, we're, we're all working towards as a team and like, if it's a, you know, if it's one number, if it's 10 number, if it's 50 numbers, whatever, we know what we can do to you know move the needle on those on those goals and so you know KPI driven you know uh, metric driven kind of like approaches to the way that we do things is very important to me like if we have an initiative I kind of want to know what is the driving KPI for that so I think I think that's important and I and like I would typically say that that is my my you know thing that I like to pass along however I also, I also believe like, uh, I forgot who who coined this phrase, but, it you know, character is directly related to the number of uncomfortable conversations you're willing to have. And I think as a leader, as somebody who, you know, ha- you know, when you're put into those positions, I was just talking about this earlier of like, you know, making a tough decision, telling somebody that you've made a tough decision, like that's a growing experience. And I think like, we don't all get to have that experience. And I think that's for me, something that I would like to, you know, encourage my team and and you know the leaders in my organization to be more aware of, you know, like we're like we were saying, like sometimes people don't fit. Who's going to be the person who's going to tell that person that they're not the right fit? Like, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's an important aspect of somebody who wants to be a leader to say I'll, I'll volunteer to do that. Like that, I think is my responsibility, and so. I think that's a that for me that's been a big lesson that i i mean like that's a that's a lesson you continuously kind of like get get tested on so um so yeah i would i would say that that's a that's a key one those
0: are some two very very good points yeah i love that final quote by the way i love it like i'm thinking about you know how i'm going to share with the team so i i think that's great it's so true as well i think i i don't think anyone that's ever been in in some sort of leadership position hasn't gone through that and and you know, we've all been uncomfortable, but thinking of it in a way in terms of how that builds your character, it's it I think that relates to everyone really. I think
1: like there's the only moment. been a few few quotes in my life that are like really like made me kind of like rethink the way that I, I I do and behave. but like that one to me, like I was like, okay, like when I so then when I after I after hearing that and like and then there was a situation where this is gonna be a difficult conversation, I was like, oh hey, this is a character building like opportunity for me. And so I really started to just kind of be more willing to do it and and dive into it. And I think it also, it's a bit of a bit more of an out of body experience when you're going through it too, because you're kind of like, you know, all right, what am I taking away from this? How, what's my body language right now? Like, how am I approaching this in the right way? Like, am I empathetic? Like, there's like a lot of things that kind of go into that, you know, kind of putting yourself into the situation that you can observe from yourself and grow from.
2: Absolutely. And thank you so much, Jesse, for, for that uh, quote, for that feedback and that kind of suggestion for everyone else to kind of embrace. I think it's absolutely relevant for anyone in a leadership position, not only with a marketing agency, but just across the board. I think we all have to go through uncomfortableness to grow. Uh, so thank you for that. I also wanted to thank you and our listeners uh, for being with us today in this first episode. Um, I think it was a a fantastic one to get started with and kind of kick it off. Um, So just to kind of close in here, I wanted you to maybe share with the audience, like where can they learn more about Jesse? Where can they learn more about Solid Digital? Yeah,
1: please check us out, soliddigital.com. Yeah, like I said, you know, we're... Primarily a web design agency, but we have a lot of uh, you know, strong technical and design people, and and we and we definitely like to to build relationships that you know we we do the same thing and help help our organizations and our clients grow. So appreciate you guys having me on. It was awesome. I, I like I said, I'm I'm honored to be the first guest.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much again, Jesse, and thank you once again to our listeners. Uh, To everyone, Uh, you can find us at at atclicks.app or whitetirkmedia.com and have yourself a, a wonderful day. Thank you so much.